Every day in life, there are challenges for each of us to face. You have to make choices. Some of these are trivial, but others are vital. The most important relate to the role of the Lord Jesus Christ in your daily life, especially when difficulties come. This has always been the case. Last week, we looked at the time when Jesus was twelve years old, and Joseph and Mary mistakenly left him behind at the temple. Jesus made a choice that day about how to spend his time. In Luke chapter 2, verse 49, we read, I must be about my father's business. He used time and opportunity for that which mattered most to him, to that which was most important. In the book of Acts, chapter 3, we find Peter and John went up to the temple at the hour of prayer. They were met by a lame man who asked them for alms, for money. We are told Peter's response in verse 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That man was healed. A crowd gathered, then Peter preached to them the Prince of Life, who they killed, but who God hath raised from the dead. His call to them, chapter 3, verse 19, was to repent and be converted. His message was clear and powerful. And there were many who believed, but it also brought trouble. In Acts chapter 4, verse 1, we meet the temple authorities. Then they are far from happy. And so, our first point is that persecution comes to Christ's disciples. Peter and John were taken into custody and held overnight. When you read these verses, you see reference to the Sadducees. The Sadducees were few in number, uh, but dominated the high priestly roles. It was Sadducees who tried in Luke chapter 20, verses 27 to 40, to trip Jesus up with a question about seven brothers who in turn married a woman and then died 
without children? Whose husband is she in the resurrection? They demanded. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. They were the free-thinking skeptics of their day. They had been part of the driving force in getting Jesus executed. And now here they find Peter and John boldly proclaiming through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. There are many in our world who take a skeptical and unbelieving view. This is not a new idea. The psalmist says in Psalm 14 verse 1, The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. That psalm is speaking of clever people who refuse to believe because the evidence around us is so overwhelming. It is foolish. Many intelligent people live as if there is no God. Just as people lived in Noah's day. Jesus was very honest when he said, John chapter 15 verse 20, Remember the word that I said unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And in John chapter 16, verse 33, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Do we take these verses seriously? Many of our brothers and sisters in Christ have to. It is their daily experience. Think of what is happening in China, where churches are being closed down, pastors locked away without trial. Peter and John were locked up for the night. This time their detention was only brief and then they were let go. A little later we see the response to Stephen's preaching. Acts chapter 7 verse 15 And they stoned Stephen calling upon God and saying Lord Jesus Receive my spirit. And then look at what happened to James in Acts chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Herod the king decided to vex certain of the church. 
And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. When we are faithful in proclaiming God's truth, his law and gospel, of telling others about the Lord Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection, the Lord will add to the church such as should be saved. But trouble will come. Some will resent the good news and accuse us of causing trouble, just like Ahab accused Elijah. Thankfully, in our land, whilst some have lost their employment because of their Christian faith, we are still blessed with relative peace and freedom for the gospel. It is our responsibility to use the opportunities that lie before us whilst they are available. Verse 7. The questioning began. By what power or by what name have you done this? The emphasis was not on the good work of a man being healed and then praising God, but on the question of whose name it had been done in. They were aggrieved because they had been preaching through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. People expect churches to do good things, to help people, even to hold traditional services at certain times of the year. But there is often horror today that we actually want to preach Jesus Christ and him risen from the dead. We want to proclaim this in the community. The person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ is what outrages people. Why do they object so strongly? To put it bluntly, it is because they are being told that they are not their own little God, and that they are answerable to one who rose from the dead and is alive forever more. Secondly, persecution was an opportunity for proclamation. How would Peter and John react when put under pressure? Would they compromise? Would they tone down the message? Not for a moment. Verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Notice that the promise of Jesus was fulfilled. Luke chapter 12, verse 11, we read, And when they bring you unto the synagogues and unto magistrates and powers, take ye no thought how or what thing ye shall answer or what ye shall say. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what ye ought to say. That's not a reference to the regular ministry of the word. 
but is a word of assurance to each of the Lord's people who is taken under persecution and must give an answer for the hope that lieth within him. The Holy Spirit will enable and prepare. Peter, who had denied the Lord, was now filled with the Holy Ghost and given the right words to use and the boldness to proclaim them clearly. They were up before the judges here, but it quickly became an opportunity to proclaim law and gospel, to declare uh, that the judges had God to answer to. Peter began very respectfully, verse 8. He acknowledged their position and gave no cause for offence in the way he approached them. Ye rulers of the people, and elders of Israel. Verse 10, Be it known unto you, and all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand before you whole. He spoke respectfully, but he spoke most clearly and without any hint of compromise, of obscuring the truth, of smoothing things over to make things easier. It was all about the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he drove the point home, whom ye crucified. What a grievous sin to have laid to your account. Guilt. He was telling them they were guilty before the Holy God. What a contrast. They crucified but God raised from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus proved they were guilty and would have to face the judgment. This healing of the man in the name of Jesus of Nazareth was a powerful sign that the one who healed and gave sight to the blind during his earthly ministry had risen from the grave and was still able to heal. The ministry of the apostles had this mark upon it in those early days and years. Verse 11. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Peter reminded them of what Jesus had said in Matthew chapter 21 where he was confronted by the chief priests and the elders after he had cleansed the temple. He told a parable about servants in a vineyard 
who killed the owner's son, thinking that they would then inherit inherit and then he referred them uh, to Psalm 118 as a warning Peter and John are telling them that they are in charge of building the place of worship but they had rejected God's son the chief cornerstone they had set Jesus at naught but through his resurrection He is the head of the corner. He is the defining foundation. There is no evidence that their hard hearts were touched at all. What a terrible thing it is to have your conscience seared with a hot iron. There's no hint in Scripture that any of these sceptical Unbelieving Sadducees were ever saved. Peter was not finished in his proclamation. Not only did he preach through Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the resurrection, he then, verse 12, drove home the fact that there is salvation in no one else. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name given among men whereby ye must be saved. No other name. The name speaks for the whole person of Christ and what he has done. These words are all quite brief, but what a message Peter preached. Every good work we do is to be done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you notice some of the controversy that happened earlier this month in Washington, D.C.? No, not the people who stormed the Congress building, but the commencement prayer in the House of Representatives. Perhaps you saw the clip where he ended his prayer with the words, A man and a woman. That was ridiculous. But that is not what I'm thinking of. I listened to the whole of the prayer. The speaker claims to be a Methodist, but spoke of one God shared by many monotheistic faiths. He used the name El Shaddai and spoke of the Lord, but it was clear that he had no place for the Lord Jesus Christ. He was utterly pluralistic. This is where Western culture has arrived at. Christian foundations have been eroded and are largely despised today, even by many who call themselves Christians. Verse 12 again. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We need salvation. We need 
deliverance. We need new life. The evidence of your own heart makes that clear. Corrupt, deceitful, wicked, sin. In Adam, we are dead. But in Christ, there is life. That is why he who knew no sin, why he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, why he was made sin for us. Let us be clear. In everything we say and do, we are witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ. You may not be called to stand before a judge, but daily life provides many opportunities to live out and proclaim our Christian faith, to declare through Jesus Christ of Nazareth the resurrection from the dead. Thirdly, let us note that Christ Jesus is the priority. The members of the Sanhedrin, dominated by these Sadducees and their rejection of the resurrection, were not finished. Verse 13, they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. Which just means that Peter and John had not been to rabbinical school, unlike, for example, Saul of Tarsus, who sat at the feet of Gamaliel. These judges marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. They marveled, but they did not repent and believe. Their priority was, verse 17, that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them, that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. They wanted to stamp out the preaching of Jesus Christ and him risen from the dead. Because of the miracle which was known to all Jerusalem, these judges were unable to deny that something amazing had happened. And so they limited themselves to warning Peter and John, verse 18, to commanding them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. If you were banned from proclaiming the name of Jesus, what would you say and do? Life is about choices. In China, the Communist Party has rewritten the Bible to turn Jesus into a man who taught communism. They have forbidden anyone under the age of 18 from hearing about Jesus Christ. In our land, it is becoming 
divisive to say that Jesus Christ is the only way to God. It is offensive to read certain verses from the Bible which speak of basic biology and what we might call common sense. Marriage has been totally redefined. The killing of babies in the womb has been called health care, a basic human right for women. Life is about choices and priorities. Peter and John, faced with this command to keep quiet, made a choice. Listen to their answer. And how again they put their persecutors on trial. Verse 19. But whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak of the things which we have seen and heard. We cannot but speak of the things which we have seen and heard. They had no thought to what the enemy of the gospel would do next. They spoke out for the glory of Christ Jesus alone. What about you? Are you with these Sadducees? Do you harden your heart against the facts of your own sin and guilt before the Holy God? Do you harden your heart against the wonderful truth of God's love and grace in the Lord Jesus Christ, his death and suffering on the cross? The glorious, wonderful truth that he rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures. Do you deny his resurrection, his triumph from the grave? Do you see your need before the Holy God, your need of that salvation of which Jesus is the only way, the only name given among men whereby we must be saved? Repent ye, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Repent ye and be converted. Oh dear friends, See yourself as God sees you. A sinner. A lawbreaker. Hopeless. Facing the judgment. But then lift up your eyes unto the Lord Jesus Christ and see such wondrous love and grace he came to save his people from their sins. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let us not fear 
trouble and persecution because of the gospel. Why? Because Jesus has won the victory. This life is not a hope. We are assured of life in Christ. We are assured of that glorious promise of resurrection because Jesus is risen from the dead. He has won the victory. Hallelujah. Blessed be his holy name. Amen.